the new channel. The new channel. Hashtag TNC now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the new channel. Our passion transforms a community channel that sees all things new. My name is Jennifer Nuya, live streaming from Cavita, Philippines. And you're watching Stories from the Fringe, Season 2, Episode 27. amazing episode today and we'll get to that in a moment before we start we would like to uh, to know where you are joining us from today and what are you excited to learn from this conversation today to make the most of our time together we encourage you to turn off all distractions prepare to take notes mental we and just be fully engaged with our guests today for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, Stories from the French aims to push for more diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in all aspects of our lives. And we do this by pushing topics from the, um, from the forefront to the center of the conversation. We believe that we can all create a world where individual differences like gender, class, ability, among others, are not only seen and accepted, but also empowered and celebrated. We can all be a part of this collective vision. If you have anything that you would like to share with us, questions, comments, just go ahead and pop them in the comments section. We would love to hear your thoughts about this discussion. All right, so we're happy, we're so thrilled that we will be joined by a training evangelist, Melvin Phillips. Everyone, let's welcome in Melvin. Good morning, and it's an honor to be here with TNC and with you, Jennifer. So it's a great opportunity here, a great morning, and let's get the show started then. Yeah, it's a beautiful morning, uh, Melvin. How's the weather over there in India? Well, you see, India is a land of extremes. So mm -hmm. we can simply go ahead and tell you that, you know, it's 45 degrees in the shade and we are absolutely okay with it. So that's how it is. Serious, 45 degrees Celsius? 
Yeah, so you see with global warming and uh, with the weather disturbances that are happening across the globe, uh, if you see the news, you know, uh, London, which is experiencing extreme yeah. heat waves, 40 degrees, and you know, they've just shut shop for uh, almost everything, schools, offices, stuff like that. For us, mm -hmm. it's balmy weather. So, yes, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, we are in the middle of the monsoon season, but then just like I said, you know, rains are scarce. And when they happen, it's all chaos. But I guess that's the same scenario just about anywhere and everywhere, in any part of the globe that we speak about. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Melvin, can you please share a brief background about yourself and the work that you do? Okay. So, uh, right now, I am the founder of a training firm, which is based in New Delhi, India, and it's known as Check for Check. Now, the name, it's like a synonym, you see, where it's very, very similar. So mm -hmm. it starts with check. Check means a tick mark. Mm -hmm. And check, which is basically an instrument which is used by banks. So when we go ahead and, you know, present that check, we get the return, which is the money from the bank. Now, the reason why I came up with such a name was simply where I wanted to make a difference then uh, in, you know, what I was trying to project and what I was trying to do. So like I rightly went ahead and said that, you know, I am an evangelist. I just wanted to simplify things in this very complex training, learning and development scenario. <coughs> so what I went ahead and thought about was a name that would resonate with people and at the same time make sense. So right now, even for this session that we are currently, you know, broadcasting and it's live. So there is some amount of preparation that went behind it, right? Mm -hmm. I dressed up, you dressed up, you know, you have the backend team, which is working. So we were all going ahead and making the preparation. We were checking. Mm -hmm. And now that we are live, it's a success, which means check. <clears throat> excuse me so what we are talking about is not only in monetary terms but if you encapsulate the entire remuneration you know in terms of success that is what the second word c-h-e-q-u-e check means and that's mm -hmm. why it's prepare for success that's what the underlying uh, meaning is so i started my career with sales I went through a host of, you know, companies selling and then the BPO bandwagon, it came into place. <coughs> Once the BPO bandwagon came into place, I ventured into it and met success after success till the time I finally thought that now is the time when I can go ahead and I can you know, train people. And that's what I've been doing for approximately 22 years. Okay. So before we continue, I'd like to say, I love your <laughs> title, Training Evangelist. So when did you decide to become a training evangelist? Uh, good question. What I actually would say at this point in time was that uh, nothing happened. It all fell into place. And uh, I would say that it was a gradual journey. And this gradual journey, it 
went ahead it gave me meaning and this meaning is what i transformed on to others so that's how it happened mm -hmm. so are you the only one in the family in that industry okay i'm so sorry so yes currently we are two people who manage check for check and uh, i look after not only the operational or the logistic side but it's also into content development mm -hmm. so there's a lot of content that is coming in there are new trainings which are happening there are new insights which are coming in mm -hmm. and since we live in a world where people are more conscious about things that are happening it's always good to go ahead and ensure that if there is you know scope of some new learning which can be implemented and which can bring the desired change i'm always up for it and that's what check for check is all about mm -hmm. so that being said yeah mm -hmm. okay so one of your key functional expertise is business storytelling now i'm curious what is one thing that <coughs> most people uh, make as make or what what mistake do most people make when it comes to business storytelling okay now that's a very very tricky question so what happens is when you fake it when you have a story and you cannot emote the story and it fails to make a connect with the person that you are actually imparting it to it's a flop show altogether so you need to understand you know it's just like a, a house of cards the placement it has to be absolutely accurate now if you go back in time right when you had grandparents or we all had grandparents and night time was the time when it was story times we didn't have you know all the media attention or the smartphones of today so in those days people actually went ahead and they heard stories and they told stories and if you you know if you can recollect you would find that you still remember them because somewhere or the other they connected with you and they made an impact that's one of the main things that you know i go ahead and i tell people that if you are going to be good or if you want to be adept when it comes to being a master storyteller then you need to have something which connects with the audience and it strikes a chord only then is your storytelling going to be very effective and one of the main ingredients to go ahead and be a master storyteller is to have very good communication skills mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh i am not going ahead and you know uh pointing out mistakes because that's not why we are here but then we need to understand just like a plant it needs to be nurtured a child it needs to be nurtured our minds as young professionals or professionals they need to be nurtured and they need to be trained as well what happens is that we go ahead and we assume that we know it all and you see this is one of the main uh, i would say disaster points in the modern world today where everyone knows the price of everything but they know the value of nothing sad but true this is what happens we have an opinion for each and everything 
we go ahead, we see something without making head or tail of it, we, we probably would forward it or we would start to troll it without even going ahead and applying our minds to something. So uh, coming back and not digressing, uh, storytelling, like you went ahead and you know uh, asked me, what is one of the main mistakes over there is where you are unable to go ahead and create the impact that a person is actually looking forward to. And for that, one of the main ingredients, like I went ahead and said, is to have effective communication skills. Mm -hmm. And how important, how essential is storytelling in your business? Storytelling is a craft. It's an art. You have to develop it. I still remember when I was starting out very early in my career, uh, one of my mentors in those days, he went ahead and he told me that in order for me to be a people's manager or for people to go ahead and hear me out, I had to develop something which was a style. And that's how he said it. You need to develop a style. And for that, like I said, you know, just like you cook a dish, you know, the dish, it has a recipe. There's a particular recipe that you follow and that recipe would have ingredients. And if the ingredients are not there in the correct proportion or measure, you find that it's a complete disaster. Mm -hmm. And so he went ahead and, you know, he told me that storytelling is just like eating chocolate. And I'll tell you why. Yes. And it's very, very simple, why. right? When we go ahead and we eat chocolate, you know, chocolate, it's an indulgence. Mm -hmm. We all like to, you know, enjoy a bar or a slab of chocolate. And if you go ahead and if you see the adverts that, you know, play on television also, you find that, you know, it's a very cozy setting where, you know, there will be this couple where one will take out the chocolate, the other would look at it. It's very enticing. And then mm -hmm. very slowly, you know, they would push this chocolate out from the wrapper, the outer casing. And then you have the silver or this golden foil over there. And once this golden foil is there, you very carefully peel it. You don't tear it. You peel it off. And there you have that chocolate absolutely there for the taking. And then you break off a block. And then you quickly go ahead and you pop it into your mouth. Mm -hmm. And that's where the magic actually starts. So as soon as you go ahead and you put the chocolate into your mouth, the initial heat from your mouth, it starts to melt the first layer of that chocolate. And so your saliva, it starts to mingle with the first taste of chocolate. And this chocolate, it starts to melt a little, a little faster. And once it starts to melt, you find there is more saliva which is coming in. And the chocolate is getting softer and softer and the heat of your mouth is just making it melt into that one very delicious taste mixed with your saliva and when you quickly go ahead and you swallow it that is bliss communication and storytelling is exactly like eating chocolate so if you enjoy chocolate you need to know how to go ahead and tell a story just the same way that's crazy because as I was listening to you, I was already imagining doing the same steps that you were enumerating. So you see, that's the art. Like I said, you know, you have to curate it. 
there is a lot of practice which goes into it. Rome wasn't built in a day, right? And that's why I say that as professionals, it is a moral responsibility for trainers as well, for coaches, that we are really, really very good at what we do and what we say. Mm. Why? Because at the end of the day, you have a participant who is going to take what you say as the biblical truth and they will follow it. And it can actually make it uh, make them or it can break them as well. So ensure it's your moral and your ethical you know, responsibility to ensure that when you are in a training session, what you say and what you go ahead and impart is absolutely to the point. No gray areas, no fuzziness there. I mean, that is something which I practice and that's what I would call ethical as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very well said. I believe also similar to HR. As HR professionals, my manager, one of my managers once said that um, we have the code of conduct that we uh, hold our employees to. But as HR professionals, we are the implementers right of of the employee code of conduct so we are to be held to a higher standard so that's also with with trainers you um as you are saying with educators because we educate people we have to personally personally put ourselves to a high, against a higher standard i would agree so uh you know what you rightly went ahead and said when it comes down to hr or when it comes down to training uh, I think these are very alienated departments, actually. The reason being that HR is the face of the organization for a person who comes into the organization. So HR is there, right? They onboard them, they take them through induction, and then they are transferred to training. Training would probably take them through whichever process they might be, equip them with the knowledge and the skill set which is required for the job for which they were hired to, and they transfer to operations and mm -hmm. after that it's all about operations mm -hmm. very seldom do they ever interact with hr mm -hmm. and of course till the time there is no update or a retraining schedule they never actually get back into the training room at all mm -hmm. but now if you go ahead and you see companies they have evolved they have understood that now constant training is the need of the hour so whether it be in terms of compliant, uh, your, you know, compliance courses that happen, whether they are interactive or not, you know, where you just go onto the web and you click yes, yes, no, yes, no, out of the options, or whether you go back into the training room, they have understood the need that training is something which is essential for the growth of their professional. And once they have understood that, they have also found, or HR for that matter, has actually found that there has been less attrition. People are more happy at their jobs. They know what they are supposed to be doing. And most of all, there is this one point, which is integrity. And every HR person will be, you know, uh, smiling when they say, yes, everything needs to be done with integrity, 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 ethics, integrity, ethics, integrity. So what exactly is this whole concept all about? <clears throat> very simply put, very simply put, I would say that 
ethics and integrity is simply you know doing the right thing even when no one is looking even when no one is watching you you are doing the right thing the thing that you are supposed to do the thing that is the rule of the book as simple as that so coming down to hr i would say that hr and training they are the backbone of any organization hr goes ahead and it ensures that the manpower is there the right people join it and when handed over to training they are the people who nurture and they ensure success now <clears throat> someone once asked me how do you go ahead and measure your training effectiveness and i went ahead and i said that you know uh, i would go ahead and give you a very simple answer i get 30 people in a batch and those 30 people in turn when i train them and they reach the floor they speak with 300 customers on a daily basis and they generate x amount of revenue on a daily basis divide that into 7 and divide that into 30 or divide that into 365 that's the amount which i am contributing towards the company through one batch and mm-hmm. i take multiple batches a year so that's how i can go ahead and you know measure what my training effectiveness is all about so you see you have to go ahead and innovate and you have to see something where you find that there is nothing and that is where you get the satisfaction and that's where you try to become the evangelist try and be a little different look out for spaces where you think that you can go ahead and make a difference and make it count mm-hmm. okay so i love that you were able to provide us a quick and simple formula of determining the training effectiveness but my question is is it always that straightforward or are there other factors that we cannot we cannot quantify more of qualitative absolutely correct so it's a good question and you need to also understand that there would be a lot of factors there are factors which are controllable there are factors which are uncontrollable for example if the process dictates that this is how it needs to be done then i mean there is no uh, other way but to do it the way it's supposed to be done but if you look at it that the, you know it would always have two dimensions to it and this is something which i very very strongly believe in and that is the human business model so you would have the human dimension and you would have the work dimension always go ahead and see which one is going to be impacted if i am overworked if i am overworked then the human dimension is impacted which means it would have a drastic effect on my work if i've had a bad day at office my boss has shouted at me uh, i have missed a few deadlines my work is incomplete i am under pressure i have worked overtime and yet i have not come up with the solution i've reached home late and my family is like is this the time for you to return home we've been waiting the kids have already gone to sleep mm-hmm. uh, that's the time when you would probably blow up you know on your wife your spouse yeah. saying i was working you see 
I was just not there, you know, for fun. I was working. So this is where the work dimension has actually impacted the human dimension. And that can go ahead and it can even play havoc in the personal relationship. So now to answer how quantifiable is it going to be? Well, you have to go ahead and have the right balance. Work and the human aspect of it. And that's where you can go ahead and make a fine choice or a decision as to which one would you like to go ahead and nail first. Mm -hmm. If it's work, go for that. If it's the human dimension which needs attention, don't ignore it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this has been a very insightful conversation so far, Melvin, and I'm learning a lot. I'm sure that our viewers are also learning a lot. Now, um, we'll go for a short break. And after we come back, you will share more about your background and about Check for Check. All right. Thank you.
TNC is a live streaming platform of online shows for people on the go. Please watch all our shows as seen on screen. Imagine having your own show, your own playlist, your own content, but we make it easier for you. TNC aims to transform the lives of our viewers through engaging, authentic, and original content. Our vision is to become a global 24-7 live stream channel that showcases Filipino talent, global influencers, cultural intelligence, and ingenuity. Thank you always for supporting Stories from the Fringe, live streamed every Thursday, 10.30 a.m. Philippine Standard Time. You can watch live or on replay via Facebook or YouTube. Follow us on IG. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search hashtag TNC now. For sponsorships, please email now at thenewchannel.com or send us a DM. Enjoy these life-changing shows because we made them just for you. Before we went on a break earlier, we were speaking with Melvin Phillips. Melvin is the founder of the Check for Check training firm. He has over 24 years of experience in training frontliners, leaders, and managers in both public and private sectors to help them achieve their organizational goals, particularly during tough economic times. He is well-versed in disciplines and issues associated with conducting business process. He has also created and delivered training sessions over the years and as well as taught and inspired several management teams, groups, and people. His training sessions are both structured and clear, intended to help delegates organize their thinking and what wherever necessary to improve their techniques and skills. Melvin is an experienced motivational speaker and do active work for the underprivileged. So shall we call Melvin in again? Right Hi there again, Melvin. Thank you. Now, I'm pretty interested to hear your thoughts on these questions. As I have mentioned earlier in the show, our show aims to push um, topics about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, how important is diversity and inclusion to you? I think it is very, very important considering that we are living in a very evolving world. Mm -hmm. And we are living in a world where things have always been there, which we've chosen to ignore, but it is still there. Right. So if you talk about, you know, diversity, diversity, I would say is a good thing where you have different, you know, mindsets, different cultures, probably, you know, they all come together and there are new insights which happen. This or today that we talk about is times of globalization, right? So you are sitting there in Philippines. I'm here in New Delhi. There would be someone who would be watching the stream in some other country. And that's what technology has gone ahead and done, right? It's an enabler. And just like that, you know, diversity can also be an enabler where you have people from different paths, different walks of life, different cultures, uh, you know, uh, different preferences where they all come. They provide you with a novelty, which you probably might not see if it was just you. So, mm -hmm. yes, inclusion and diversity are something which is going to be there and it's going to be present in almost all streams that you go ahead and you see it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. And how is your work as a training professional 
help in creating a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive world for us? So I would go ahead and say that uh, when it comes down to diversity, I would always go ahead and see, you know, where I can make or leave a mark or an impression. So like you went ahead and, you know, you spoke volumes about what my work has been about. You find that it also has been very, very diverse. So I'm not just related to, you know, just voice and accent or language or probably, you know, a process. But I have actually diversified and so my participants are also very, very diverse in nature. So they can be, you know, people that are absolutely at the lower strata of society, uh, probably victims, you know, poverty or just about any of the social evils that are prevalent just about anywhere. Or they can be blue collared or white collared, you know, work professionals, male, female alike. So going ahead and uh, the main challenge that we find, uh, you know, or what I would say I find is where, you know, you have women that are making entry into what was considered to be, you know, the male dominant mm. work field. And they're making inroads over there and they're doing pretty well. You see, because uh, I would say that they bring a fresh perspective. Just like I went ahead and said that, you know, you have people from different starters, you know, and inclusivity, it actually goes ahead and it works wonders. So when you have some, uh, you, you know, women that are entering into, you know, uh, which were predominantly dominated by males. Uh, yes, I would say that, you know, seeing the results and when you see the happiness quotient of the workers, you find that, yes, uh, you know, it's important and it's a very good thing and you know it leaves a lasting uh i would say impact mm -hmm. now i've watched a video of jeff bezos of amazon and he says that the 21st century will be the indian century now you've mentioned about women who are making inroads to male dom uh, dominant industries um how do you see indian women making waves in male dominant industries in india particularly <clears throat> okay so when you talk about india you would find that you know some of the highest posts whether it be of the political arena all right or whether you you you, you talk about all the blue chip companies over here uh, women here have made inroads and they have superseded expectations so in india you know if you have to look at it you find that the finance minister of India is also a woman. So that being said, you know, it speaks volumes of what the capabilities are. I would say that, you know, uh, if you go back in time, you know, when man was just like an animal and, you know, we were just transitioning from apes into being human beings where you, we were still wearing, you know, uh, leather and the woman was supposed to, you know, clean the cave while the man went hunting. And so with civilization, with the, uh, you know, invention of the uh, uh, the wheel, then with the metal age, copper age and so on and so on, you know, till the time we've come here today, some way or the other, you know, roles had been defined. And they continued century after century after century after century. 
you read history whenever you know you had a woman who wanted to you know step up and say it's me you know some way or the other there were always obstacles there i mean history is full of it and since it's not a history class right now but i mean you know you you, you get the gist of what i'm trying to say so whether it be someone like Joan of Arc or just about anyone, you find that, you know, whenever you had a woman who was trying to step in or trying to make a change or trying to give an insight, you know, they were met with, uh, you know, uh, consequences that were just not favorable. But that was in the past. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we are living in times of globalization. Mm -hmm. Women today are, are not only, you know, at the top of the, you know, uh, management chain but they are also leading organizations with success quarter after quarter year after year now they are good managers and empathy is something which is built into them mm -hmm. so it becomes very very easy and i would say that you know i've had some very good bosses and of course they were women and i found it easier to work with them rather than you know with males where sooner or later you know there is a clash of interests mm -hmm. there is a resistance to change there is mm -hmm. an ego clash somewhere or the other you know they have the this tendency which comes from you know uh centuries back where we are competing against each other you know it's like a prize like we are gladiators somewhere or the other we are trying to show the other person down probably in work probably you know in a discussion where you've gone ahead and you know you've uh, withheld information and you just want to be in the spotlight so this you know uh, i i would say this uh, entire uh, gambit of going ahead and trying to be in the spotlight at all times is what is very very taxing for the man a woman on the other hand you know she faces no such problem charm wit empathy you name it they have it all up their sleeves and it's absolutely fine but then again not to say that they don't face hurdles they mm. do face hurdles themselves but i guess that you know they are better coped or the mechanism is such that they actually supersede in just about what they do and kudos to them mm -hmm. okay so there are some things that women are better than men and i believe that women are also good communicators so we, again we we go back we circle back to communication which is really important in the business process right and that's i guess one of the main reasons why these women leaders are able to not only um how they say that to improve the, the business process but also to scale up the businesses would you agree? Well, you rightly said so. <clears throat> but I'm sorry. Uh, when it comes down to communication, I would not say that, you know, it's limited only to women. You have some very great men, uh, speakers who are male as well, right? But the key that is to be understood over here, the key message, and that is communication. So uh, gender uh, apart, you know, you need to be good in what you're going to deliver. It has to be absolutely immaculate. And many a times you find people actually falter at this one major hurdle where they are unable to go ahead and be effective in their communication. Mm -hmm. So communication, it has to have meaning. 
there needs to be the message and it needs to be understood as well. Most importantly, there has to be the connect. The mm. person who's understood you and connected with you. And that is how it goes ahead and it resonates. Otherwise, you know, it's in, out. Yeah. And that's what it is. Ineffective communication. And you hear it all, almost, you know, all around you. But there would be times when you hear people who talk and you remember. And at the right time, when you remember, you can also give it out. And it actually saves the day for you. So that is what I would go ahead and say would constitute as effective communication as well. You mentioned about not only communication, um, from what I understand is communication is basic, but there has to be the deeper um, connection, right? So communication is not one way, but rather two way. The the sender and the receiver. So sometimes there's a disconnect when what is being received is different from what is being given. Is that correct? Absolutely right. So you see, uh, everyone has gone through this communication cycle where I suddenly think of a message, then I use a medium which will be language or probably email or something. And then I send it out and you are the receiver and then you will break down the message, you will interpret it and then you will go ahead and send me the answer and that's what the communication cycle is but yes this communication cycle as simple as it might be in the diagram it is very very complex as well where things can actually be misinterpreted mm -hmm. where a person has actually meant something else and we've gone ahead and construed something which is totally opposite to that mm -hmm. and when that happens the next action point should be seek clarification. We completely miss that. Mm -hmm. We start something which is then, how did you go ahead and say that? Accusations come into place. And then, you know, things, they just go out of turn. Mm -hmm. So do understand, whenever you find that, you know, in the communication cycle, you find that there is something which is just not the way it should be always seek clarification that is one golden rule which i go ahead and i tell everyone this minimizes a lot of disharmony it minimizes a lot of bad blood that can happen between two people two colleagues you know and it can actually save the day if you just go ahead and ask uh, is this what you meant the other person would say, oh, no, I'm so sorry. You know, what I actually meant was, and that's all that is. And it's as simple or as complex as we make it to be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's a brilliant explanation of communication. I remember, I don't know how to best put it, but there's this funny comic strip that I saw. There's this husband and wife, they're... Um, they're in the bed and then the, the husband said I need space and the woman was already having this thought balloon of many things when in fact it was only because the the man was almost close to the edge of the bed that's why he said I want I need space <laughs> so exactly. clearly in that comic strip the woman just assumed a lot of things without seeking clarification absolutely right and that's what happens with us. You know, it does happen. And especially, you know, we live in this age of texting. And this texting can be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. 
it can be very dangerous you know where i go ahead and i text something and i might you know be thinking of something very very normal and you take it in the uh, you know absolute uh, contrast why or how dare he say this and you reply back and then this angry smiley and the other person is left in a daze as to what did he or she say that made you react that way so you see you need to seek clarification always always mm -hmm. go ahead rephrase it if you can mm -hmm. and send it back which means that the person has asked for clarification you rephrased it said no this is not what i had meant this is what it was supposed to be i'm so sorry if you felt that way here it is mm -hmm. simple communication everyone lives in peace in harmony everyone's happy mm -hmm. That's beautiful. This is, I'm loving every minute of this conversation, Melvin. However, our time is limited. Now, if there's any um, one valuable key takeaway that our viewers should learn from today's conversation, what do you think that is? Okay, so uh, I would simply go ahead and, you know, tell you something which I have learned over the years. More often than not, you would find people or you would find there are very few people who would lift you up. Mm -hmm. You would find that there would be people by the dozen who would want to put you down. Mm -hmm. Right? What you need to go ahead and whether you are a professional, whether you're a student, whether you are out of college waiting to start your professional journey or just about in any phase of life that you might be professional or otherwise. Mm -hmm. Always remember that you need to have something which is known as a positive mental attitude. Mm -hmm. uh, this was again given to be uh, a mantra which was given to me by, by my mentor. Mm -hmm. A positive mental attitude is something which makes you see a way even when there is no way. Mm -hmm. And that being said, you know, this is something which I hold very close to my heart and just about in each and every session of mine, I always try to make people understand the importance of it, a positive mental attitude. And uh, without taking up too much time, I would simply want to, you know, tell you whether this is fact or fiction, I don't know. But once upon a time, there was this one child that was born. But this child, unlike other children, was born with a deformity, which means that he had no left arm. He just had a small stump here instead mm -hmm. of a fully grown arm mm -hmm. but the mother did not discard that child and so this child grew along with all the rest of the people mm -hmm. now as this child grew conscious this child saw that the others had limbs mm -hmm. and he had one which was missing so there was something which was really different and so others would mock him they would say oh you don't have one arm you don't have a left arm mm -hmm. and so on and so forth and this child he learned to live with it because his mother said it's okay so what happened was that every morning all the young kids they would wake up and they would go to this shaolin temple to learn martial arts now this child he would see everyone go and he would ask the other friends of his even i want to go with you they said you can't because you don't have one arm mm -hmm. and so he would sit and wait till evening when they would return back one fine morning, what he did was that he got up earlier than the rest. He got dressed and he accompanied these people to the Shaolin temple. 
Now, when these ch uh, children, these fully able children, they went, they went, they, you know, they took their places in the uh, courtyard and they started off with their exercises. This child was just looking at everyone. And so this Shaolin master, he saw this child and he said, come here. And so this child went and he says, what are you doing here? He says, even I want to learn. So he was like, okay, go stand there. And he just showed him one action to go ahead and do because, of course, the child had just one hour. He says, do this. So the child went. He did it for 15 minutes. He came back. He says, I've done it. <coughs> so the Shaolin master says, how long did you do it? He says, approximately 15 minutes. He says, do it till evening. And so this child, he went ahead and he did it till evening. And he was very tired and he went back home. The Shaolin master, when he saw that this child was going home, he knew this child would not return back. But he was surprised when this child showed up the next day. He was like, sir, I'm here. So he says, yes, how can I help you? He says, sir, yesterday I, I had come and you had showed me how to, you know, do this. He says, okay, continue doing the same exercise. He says, for how long? He says, till evening. And so this ritual continued day after day, day after day, week after week, month after month. Till finally there was a tournament. <coughs> there was a tournament between all the other, you know, uh, Shaolin temples. And so this child, he went up to the uh, master and he says, even I want to enroll. Hmm. So the master looked at him and he says, okay. And his name was also written over there. Hmm. And so the competition started. And the competition started. And one by one, people were eliminated. And this child, he brought home the trophy. How did that happen? This okay, child how? Okay, was, how? He, he was born with one arm less. And he only knew just this one exercise mm -hmm. that the master had been training him. And he trained on it for months and months and months and months. And he was an expert at that. So when this child, when he reached the competition stage, his opponent, who had two arms, and was able to fight better, could not tackle this child because in order to tackle this child, he needed to have a grip on the left arm in order to lift him and, you know, put him on his back. And this child just knew one, you know, technique in which he could go ahead and pick this guy with one hand and fling him to the ground and he won. So the essence of the story is that even though you know what your minuses are, if you have a positive mental outlook, you don't know when your minus can become your greatest strength. And that's the message I would want to leave you with. That's a beautiful story and that's a beautiful insight. I appreciate you, Melvin. Thank you so much. Okay, so one last question. What do you plan to create in 6 to 12 months from now? So uh, the journey is very, very simple. I made a stint and, you know, it was with an edtech company. Uh, and now that I know that, you know, how edtech is actually going ahead and transforming the world, I plan to do things a little differently. Like I said that, you know, I call myself an evangelist. Check for Check is in its very nascent stage right now. But our plans to expand are growing by the day. And we plan to be a company of purpose. See, at the end of the day, you know, 
there is a monetary reward that every company looks forward to and i mean that is one of the basic principles of what business is all about you know you work in order to get rich or to get money <coughs> we have planned it in a very different way mm-hmm. we are going to be a firm and subsequently a company which is going to be defined by purpose what exactly is purpose purpose is a very very rich word like for example you know uh, the channel that we are currently being streamed on the new channel if you look at the word new it's a very very powerful word it's a very powerful word and this is the word which drives the entire generation of millennials today even for us for that matter of fact will you buy something which is 5 years old no a new phone yes new shoes new restaurant new places so you see new again is a word with purpose every company that is today in the market has got something which is new and the new channel also here has got something which is new so just the, the you know in the same vein we are planning to be a firm with purpose so whether it be our, our online classes that we would be starting very soon with or whether it is the classes that we go ahead and take you know in the clients uh, venue we are going to be absolutely different where each and every session of ours is going to come with a courseware so every participant who attends whatever we have in store for them will have a book to take away as reference material which they can go ahead and use there would be exercises there would be psychometric analysis that they could go ahead and do and just about you know call it to be a self help book which goes ahead and makes them absolutely better in whatever subject they are and which makes them more proficient in whatever work they are doing they go ahead and they become successful i will measure my success through that all right all right so how can our viewers follow you on social media learn more about your work and also check for check okay so uh, once you know we finish off with the uh, live session i would go ahead and i will put in all the descriptions there on youtube and uh, on facebook as well once the video is uploaded over there and people can go ahead and have a look at just about what we have to offer and it's not just you know uh, you know uh, jennifer if you've already gone ahead and seen our menu is very very diverse it is just not you know contained only to this one uh, aspect which is just professional courses we are there for the young adults we are there for uh, you know professionals we are there for senior managers managers and just about any industry that you name it so whether it be anger management time management you know emotional intelligence psychometric tests and analysis uh, we are there and we are proficient in just about all we do so i will go ahead and i will paste all the descriptions there for just about anyone who just wants to go ahead and browse and see and if you want you know we can even provide you with a sample of what we have to offer perfect perfect now i believe that with your positive mental attitude just like the protagonist in the story that you shared <coughs> earlier i am confident that you will continue transforming the world and help it make 
um, make it more diverse, equitable, and inclusive for us all. Make it a better world, better than what uh, than how we found it. So thank you again, Melvin. I appreciate you. Uh, for our viewers, thank you once again for choosing to spend your Thursday morning with us. If you haven't done it yet, we encourage you to invite your friends, colleagues, or family members to be with us next Thursday, July 28th, same time, same digital digital channel, the new channel. And at this juncture, um, let me take a pause and thank our supporters. So thank you, Catherine Perez, Susie Dent. Thank you, Domelin Subebe Adolfo. Thank you, uh, King Gonzalez, Dizaloso, Briggs, Soriano, Rizil Ramirez, Ezekiel Magbanwa, Puja Asija Malhotra, and also Yuhana Maulo. Thank you so much for supporting Stories from the Fringe. And we hope that you'll spend your next Thursday with us. So, dear viewers, have a good rest of your day or evening, depending where you are in the world. God bless everyone. Thank you.